on the final judgment. At the end of time, the Lord is going to come in all of his glory. The angels are going to be with him. There's going to be a throne that's set. He's going to sit on this throne, and all will come before him. All will come, meaning everybody. The good, the bad, the righteous, the unrighteous. There's going to be a great resurrection. Everyone is going to receive back their bodies in these resurrected forms. All are going to gather before Christ at this final judgment. And uh, everything will be set right on that day. All those things that the righteous did in secret, and then they got their names dragged through the mud and reviled in public, all that's going to come out. Those folks who were really doing wicked, evil things secretly, but publicly they looked great, all that's going to be revealed as well. There's going to be true and perfect justice that's going to take place at this last judgment. However, the, the criteria that you're going to be judged is what you heard today in the gospel. It's going, you're going to be judged as to how you treated the sick. You know, people you didn't know, strangers, did you invite them into your house? Did you show them hospitality? Uh, the poor, those who are thirsty and hungry and naked, those in prison, those in hospitals and nursing homes, people who can't get out, you know, did you visit them? Did you spend time with them? These are all the things that the Lord is going to judge us on that day. This is this pretty clear, pretty precise criteria that the judgment is going to take place around. This big public judgment that's going to take place at the end of time, bring all to justice. Today, we are celebrating Christ the King Sunday. This is the day when we remember that he is the true King of Kings. The day we remember his final judgment, when he's going to come. And so, on this Christ the King Sunday, we're encouraged by the gospel to consider this criteria that we're going to be judged by Christ the King. The criteria of what you did to the least of these is that which is going to determine if you are part of that kingdom, if you're under Christ the King, or if you're not. And so I'd like you to consider this, to meditate upon this, to reflect on this criteria today. How are you doing when it comes to clothing the naked, feeding the hungry, befriending the stranger, visiting the sick, all these things? How do you do at this? You know, let's think about this for a second here. To begin with, why does this matter so much to the Lord? Why does he want us to humble ourselves in this way to be with these people, the rejects, the outcasts of society? Why does he identify himself so closely with them. I think it's because of who he is, the God that he is. I was at someone's house a few weeks ago. Uh, he was an agnostic, didn't really believe in God, wasn't sure about things. And one of his conundrums, he said that, you know, if there is a God, think about what kind of God this would be. I mean, he's created this vast universe with all of its intricacies, and this could be just one of hundreds of millions of trillions of universes that are out there. If that is God who is in charge of all this, then you and I, we're so tiny and infinitesimally, you know, it doesn't even really matter amongst this huge, vast scale of things. So what you're telling me is that I'm supposed to believe this whole Christian notion of a Christian God 
that this God who is over this vast expanse of a universe wants to have a personal relationship with me, with you? He's like, that doesn't make any sense how that could be and if the universe is as vast and amazing and, you know, as we say that it is. Well, the reply to this, the response to this is that uh, if, we'll bring it down a little bit, something we can grasp a little bit more. If an adult is so into himself, so prideful, that he's not willing to get down on the ground and to pray or, and to play with the little children, to humble himself in that way, he's really not that great of a person uh, after all. So if God is too far removed, too, you know, out there to humble himself and to be with his creation, with his creatures, then is he really that great of a God? But sure, we know that he is, right? It's because of his greatness that he comes to us, that he is here with us. This is why I would say that our Lord identifies so closely with the poor, with the least of these. Uh, Because they reveal something about who he is. This is why, uh, you know, he comes to us in the Eucharist, in this very humble, little, small sort of way. He comes to us in the form of bread and wine. and, and think of all the things that he has to go through in this, you know, coming to us in this way. You know, perhaps you've seen a priest, doesn't mean to usually, or, or maybe a lay person, but I know I've done this, uh, who is, you know, giving out Holy Communion and the Blessed Sacrament gets dropped. Your heart kind of sinks, you know, like, oh no, this is the Lord. We just dropped him into the dirt. And yet this is what he allows us to do with him. This is how he humbles himself. This is how he comes to us in these little and small ways. And to reveal to us even more who he is, uh, this is why he identifies so closely with the poor, with the downtrodden. Uh, Because they reveal this huge part of him. So us ministering to the poor, it's not like we're going to eradicate poverty. It's a good goal, right? But our Lord himself said that the poor you'll always have with you. Uh, You know, the Lord allows this to reveal to us who he is, what he is all about. And we're like him, right? So we're made in his image. So we're meant also to humble ourselves, to get down on the level of the least of these, to care for our Lord in the sick, in the hungry, in the thirsty, in the naked. This is what he calls us to. This is so essential that it's at the very center of what our Lord says is the gospel, the good news. It's at the very center of how you and I are going to be judged on that great judgment when Christ is going to come as King of Kings. He's going to judge us how we served him in the least of these. We're called to this. This is what we're called to do, to serve him in this way. This is why this is what we're called to do. So what do you do? How do you do this? What does this look like exactly to serve him? In the least of these. You know, the saints give us beautiful examples of what this looks like, of what this is all about. I could, there's lots and lots of examples and saints that I could, you know, bring up, but I, I picked one that I think can be very helpful. 
Uh, it gives a beautiful example of what it means to serve the Lord in the least of these. So blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati. He uh, was an Italian. He died back in 1925. He didn't live real long. He died of polio at the age of 24. Uh, he, was, he was born into an elite family, a well-to-do upper-class family. But apart from that, he was pretty average. He was an average student. At one point in time, he failed his exams, and so his parents moved him to a private school because he was struggling, I guess. wasn't doing very well. Uh, he enjoyed the theater, the museum, music, art, literature, mountain climbing. He liked to be with his friends. He liked to pull pranks. Uh, in good taste, he would do this. But he was, you know, a guy that you and I could connect with. Uh, but at the very heart of who uh, Blessed Pierre was all about was his care for the least of these, caring for our Lord in the least of these. And he beautifully exemplified this. You know, for example, taking care of the hungry, the thirsty, the naked. When he was eight years old, this drunk man came to his father. I guess his father was kind of agnostic and uh, asking for food. So the drunk man was asking for food. And the father, his father was kind of bothered by this and kind of shooed the man away. He was drunk. Here's a drunk guy asking for food. Well, uh, blessed Pierre, Giorgio, he, he started crying. You know, he, was, he was hurt by this. He ran off to his mom, told her what had happened. And uh, his mom gave him permission to go run after the drunk guy, bring him back so they could give him a meal. And that is what they did. He was, as he grew older, you know, he was often late for dinner. Uh, his father wasn't too happy about this. But what had happened is that he'd given his train money away to somebody that he felt needed it far more than he did. And so instead of taking the train home, he would have to run because he didn't have any money. So he would be late for dinner. There was one day when his, his dad was irate at him. It was freezing cold outside, 12 degrees below zero. And here he is, Blessed Pierre had come home with no coat. He's like, son, what happened to your coat? What did you do with your coat? He's like, well, dad, there was this guy, you know, he needed it. So I gave it to him. And he says, and he was like, why would you do that? Why would you give me, this is a nice coat that we gave you, your mother and I gave you this nice coat. He's like, well, you know, dad, it was, it was cold out, so I gave, him, I gave him my coat, he said. There was a beggar who had lost his equipment to roast and uh, sell chestnuts. So blessed uh, Giorgio obtained a burner, coal, tools to help him out. Another, a seamstress he helped out who had lost her sewing machine due to medical uh, expenses and the like. He got her a sewing machine and replaced it with, you know. And uh, another time when he was graduating from college, his dad offered him two choices. He said, listen, I'd like to congratulate you for graduating, for completing your studies. And so I'd like to either buy you a car or if you would prefer, I can just give you the money instead. And uh, blessed uh, Pierre Giorgio, he, without any hesitation, said, oh, you know, I'll take the money took the money, immediately gave it away to the poor. There was a, a custom, it's still a custom to this day over in Italy that many people take holiday, you know, for four, five, six weeks during the summertime. And he resisted this. Blessed Giorgio Pierre resisted going away on vacation with his family. He's like, he's like he says, uh, you know, if we go away, then who will take care of the poor in the city? So he exemplified beautifully this care for the naked, the hungry, the thirsty. But he wasn't just out there caring for people's physical needs. He also cared for them spiritually. He cared for them emotionally. He was known to spend hours at the bedside of the sick. These vigils until late or early in the morning, simply being with them. 
helping out jobless war veterans, destitute laborers, homeless children. He talked about how just him being there with them, how they would lift his spirits, how they would change him. He helped many local children with their, with their sacraments, uh, making sure they received their sacraments. He sponsored many of them, helping them in this way. There was one new mom in particular. She was having a hard time, had a rough delivery, and he, he advocated for her so she could stay longer at the hospital. He bought her a dress. Uh, he sponsored her child uh, for baptism. He was the, God, the godfather. And her husband, he waited outside the jail for her husband to get out of jail, and then he helped her husband to get a job. It's not easy getting a job when you have a prison record. It's very difficult. Yet he helped this man, helped this family. He did all this without much fanfare. Didn't, you know, most of these things were hidden. Most of these things people didn't know about until much later and stories began to get told. So he died, I mentioned, at the age of 24 of polio. And his parents, they figured there would just be a few folks at the funeral, you know, the, some of the other elite families from Italy, the well-to-do families. And of course, you know, a good number of uh, uh, Pierre's, uh, Pier Giorgio's friends who would be there. They were astounded as thousands and thousands of people lined the streets as his funeral procession went by. People whose lives he touched. People who he'd secretly served. People that, that nobody knew about. This, I think, is a, just a beautiful example of what you and I are called to. We're made in the image of God. We're made in the image of one who comes down uh, to us. We're called to serve the least of these, to be like that one in whose image we're made, to serve our Lord in the least of these, the one who identifies with them. If you were to ask Pierre Giorgio what his secret was to you know, his service, he would point to prayer. He would point to the Eucharist. He would say, you know, this is where it all comes from, our Lord coming down. Uh, in this little, small sort of way. He prayed the rosary, you know, encouraged his friends to do the same, joyfully uh, served others. But it was, you know, the, the Eucharist, he said, that transformed him, transformed his view of the least of these. He would say, Jesus comes to me every morning. Well, he'd go to, he'd go to Mass every day. He loved to climb mountains, but he wouldn't go off on any expedition that if it took longer than a day because he wanted to be at daily mass every day. He says, Jesus comes to me every morning in communion and I return the visit by going to serve the poor. I see a special light surrounding the poor and the unfortunate, a light that we do not have. He encountered Christ every day in the Eucharist and then he encountered him again in the poor, in the least of these, the poor, the sick, the, the, the folks that nobody wanted to hang out with, uh, you know, uh, all these people. He was transformed by our Lord in prayer and the Eucharist in order to serve, and that's why he served. So today, as we're celebrating Christ the King Sunday, when our Lord comes in judgment, the judge, each of us, to set all things right, what will he see in you? How are you serving the least of these how are you welcoming people into your home? Strangers, not just your friends and family, but people that need friends and family. The poor, 
uh, caring for them, talking with them, getting to know them, uh, feeding them, housing them, visiting people in the hospital and nursing homes and, and the sick. Uh, you know, how are you doing this? This is the criteria by which our Lord is going to judge us because this is who he is. He's the God who humbles himself. He becomes one of the least of these. He does it in the poor. He does it through the Eucharist, which we partake of, that it may transform us, that we may be ready on that day when he comes, when the true king comes as king of kings and lord of lords to judge uh, us, how we responded, how we cared for the least of these, his brothers. May we be ready that God may be glorified. Amen.